are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Heidi was launched back in 2017. They sold 17.5% of the company and raised 400K to get going. Now they've hit 1.5 million bucks in ARR, up from 600 grand in ARR just a year ago, having raised under a million bucks. They raised another 600K last year at 3.2 posts. So they've been, I'd say, very capital efficient. Team of 27, they're trying to help you onboard your new employees faster. They're doing the enterprise space, big companies onboarding one to 2000 new employees per month. And that's how they price base fee, 80,000 bucks per year, then utility based fee on top of that based off the volume of new onboards you're completing each month. Hey, folks, my guest today is Kieran Menon. He's the co-founder and CEO of Tidy, T-Y-D-Y, the employee data and onboarding platform. He started Tidy after 17 years of sales and consulting experience and previously ran sales for Opera Software, the browser and advertising company. Kieran, you ready to take us to the top? I am, Nathan. Let's do this. All right. So did Opera do like a terrible job onboarding you? And you said, I'm going to leave and launch my own onboarding company? <laughs> Actually, no. I mean, I always uh, kind of uh, admired the culture at Opera. And so um, kind of looked at a lot of the other companies I'd worked at before and said, you know, there was a lot of lacking in those processes. And so, yeah, that's when the journey started. It's amazing. So what year was that? When did you launch? Uh, we, we actually started Tidy at about, in about 2017. Okay. 2017. And who's we, are you a single co-founder or multiple on the team or what? No, we're three co-founders. Three of us have known each other since when we were in school, um, kind of went our separate ways and then, you know, got back together to start Tidy. And since you're all friends, you just split equity evenly 33% each. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Before we get too deep into that, the backstory here, tell us, give us an example of a customer using Tidy today and how they use you. Yeah, sure. So um, we work with large enterprises, you know, uh, companies with uh, 2,000 to 5,000 plus employees. And uh, what we fundamentally do is we work with a company like Genpack or Unilever or AB InBev. And uh, we kind of bring together the HR data and IT systems so that people teams now have a single place to go to to kind of orchestrate their processes, onboard people faster, smarter, and uh, also retain them longer. So fundamentally, you know, the, the problem statement that we went after is multiple apps, complexity across various processes. You have HR, ID, admin, ops, uh, bring all of that together and just create one single place to kind of manage it. Very interesting. And so for this technology, for your technology, what are customers paying on average per month or per year? Um, so it's traditionally a yearly contract and we usually do three-year contracts with enterprises. Uh, that's one good thing working with enterprises. You know, it's it's long-term. And uh, today we do on average, uh, our ACV is about $80,000. And if I'm paying you 80000 bucks a year, how many employees am I likely managing with Tidy? Um, so... The average company is doing between about 2,000 to 5,000 people every month. And, and, and sorry, what does that mean? 2,000 to 5,000 interviews per month? No, onboarding. So people being added onto the system. Okay, so that's how you charge. It's number of people you onboard per month. Yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. So how do you know what to charge in year three? You have, you make them project how many they think they're going to be onboarding three years from now and they pay for that or sign up today. Yeah. So we kind of do a split between our pricing. One is in uh, a platform subscription per year, which is based on the total number of uh, employees in the organization. And then there's a top up, which is a per user fee on top of that, which is for every new user that's added. So, you know, a company with 100,000 employees would already have about 50,000 of them on Tidy by the end of uh, year one. Okay. So if I'm paying you a base fee of 80K just to sign up, how many employees do I likely already have? Uh, Probably about 40 to 50,000. Wow. Okay. Got it. So 50K base. And then I'm saying, hey, listen, Kieran, I'm going to onboard two to 5,000 per month for the next two or three years. And you're saying, okay, the extra fee for that is why? Right. Exactly. It's a couple of dollars on top of that. I see. Interesting. Okay. So base fee is about 50K employees if I'm paying you 80,000 bucks a year, something like that. Um, cool. All right. And then I guess give me more of, the, more of the backstory here. So you launched 2017 with three co-founders. How did you guys get your first customer? Uh, <laughs> it was actually, um, you know, given the um, kind of time we'd spent in the market, we kind of had a lot of uh, networks that we reached out to. And uh, went out and kind of spoke to a lot of people. So it's not that we woke up one day and came up with this uh, solution. Um, We actually did go out and talk to a lot of uh, executives. And then we realized, you know, the the whole workplace tech was kind of exploding. Um, But when you kind of looked at right at the beginning, the onboarding piece, uh, there was a huge vacuum in 2017, 2018. But it was still nice to have. It wasn't, you know, a need. and so very candidly, our, our growth has happened in the last two years since the pandemic. Uh, for the first two or three years, we were kind of building the product with a couple of POC customers like Unilever and Fidelity Investments. Um, and then in the last couple of years, it has uh, pretty much taken off for us. Uh, fundamentally, but just to be clear, so you were pre, you had like no SaaS revenue back in 20, between 2017 and 2020. You were just doing POCs. No, we yeah. Okay. So no SaaS revenue, POCs only. Uh, we were doing probably about $100,000. Oh, you yeah. did have SaaS revenue? Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. So I guess, what year did you have your first dollar of SaaS revenue? 2019? 2018 end, 2019 beginning. Yeah. Ah, okay. So so got it. So how did you start? There's a lot of people listening right now launching companies going, I want to get a POC with Unilever and then you know make them pay 50000 bucks for that and then convert them to a $10,000 a month plan, right? How did you do that? What was yep. the POC? Not with them specifically, but on average, were you charging for POCs? And how did you move someone from a POC to a paid plan? Yeah, we were. We, we kind of um, made one thing very clear is that we'll kind of co-design the solution, but we're not doing it for free. So if we want to do a POC, it's still going to be a paid for POC. Um, and I think, you know, my, my 17 years of sales in consulting kind of helped me in that. Um, and so we basically started by just charging a per user fee, which was $5 per user. And there was no platform subscription, none of that. Um, hindsight, that was a terrible move because, uh, you know, the revenue was fluctuating all over the place and we couldn't kind of keep track of um, what would our budgets be, cash flow be, any of that, which is when we kind of moved the pricing more to a platform subscription plus a top up on a per user. So when a company like Unilever, you say, hey, listen, you're going to pay five bucks per user to do a POC. We're going to co-design a solution together. They say, okay, we want to design this for a hundred users. So we're going to pay you what, 500 bucks to build or 5,000 bucks to build the POC, something like that? 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And we started with one geography. So it was much easier to kind of uh, create the value, show the value in about six months time. And then we went from a single geography to actually speaking to global procurement and saying, hey, you know, what if we made this available for the entire kind of uh, uh, organization and whoever wanted it could kind of pick it up and get started. Got it. Okay. So then you move those POCs into pure SaaS play and, and you said, well, you did $100,000 in total revenue in 2020? Mm-hmm. In okay. yeah, 2019, yeah. Okay. So 2019, you were doing like, you finished with like 10 grand a month in MRR, which is $120,000 yeah. AR. Is that right? Correct. I see. Very interesting. Okay. Um, fast forward to today, how many customers are you serving? Uh, today, we have 17 enterprise customers uh, across... 7-0 uh, or 1-7? One 1-7. Seven. One seven. One we seven, have uh, okay. 17 enterprise customers uh, across 25 countries, and we're doing about a million and a half in ARR. Yeah, I was going to say 17 at 80,000 bucks a year is about 1.5 in ARR. Now, if yeah. you're doing 1.5 in ARR today, that is about 120,000 bucks a month this month. Where were you exactly yeah. one year ago? Uh, we were at about uh, 500K ARR. So, sick doing okay. So, you, you've about doubled. Oh, no, you more than doubled yeah. year over year, We've right? Tripled, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, so if you're you're doing about fifty thousand bucks a month a year ago, now you're at one hundred twenty, one hundred thirty thousand bucks a month. So yeah. Yeah. you still have a couple of days left in the year where you can get that full three hundred percent year over year growth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what drove... exactly. That's what we're hoping for. <laughs> yeah. What drove that growth? Was it expanding historical accounts, more seats across seventeen customers, or was it adding brand new customers altogether? Actually, it was the um, significant addition of new customers. I think um, in, at the end of last year, we still only had about eight or nine customers. And then, um, you know, we've been showing value for at least a year with those guys. And so the kind of uh, brand started spreading from a referral perspective as well. Um, and the good thing with the enterprise is if you're able to show value um, very quickly, the other enterprises want to kind of latch on as well and try and actually, um, you know, bring in the same solution because the problems are very similar. Yeah. Um, and so, Last year, my ACV was not $80,000. My ACV was probably closer to about $40,000. And so what I was able to do in the last 12 months was actually double my ACV and be more confident of the fact that I can actually charge more and still have companies coming in and buying tidy. Yep. Yep. Very, that makes tons of sense. And then I guess the only year we haven't talked about is 2020. So if you finish 2019 at 120,000 run rate, what was 2020 finishing? At about uh, 275. Yeah, two seventy five. So one twenty to two seventy five to six hundred to one point five million. That's that's good yeah, growth. Yeah. Have you bootstrapped or raised? <laughs> uh, we've raised about a million dollars still now, and that's about it. Ah, okay. I would say so. That's pretty. Anyone that's raised less than their ARR, I say, is capital efficient. So, uh, so that's <laughs> yeah. good. When did you raise that money? Um, so we actually did it over a couple of uh, rounds. So the first one was obviously in twenty seventeen with a couple of angels kind of coming in, and uh, you know not a couple, but a few angels coming in and putting in about uh, 400K. And then last year, we raised the rest, which was about 200. Interesting. So that round though in 2017, I imagine that was probably pretty dilutive. What do you sell like 20% 20, oh, 20 yeah. of the company? We, we 17 and a half. Okay. Okay. That, not terrible. Most people sell 20% in their seed round. So you sold 17.5 or pre-seed, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah interesting. And then you said you raised what another 600K last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what would you call that? I mean, is that a seed or is that a seed extension or? Oh, I think it was a pre-seed extension. It really wasn't even a seed. I mean, in today's world, seed is probably a few million dollars, right? That you're that you're raising, but uh, yeah, it's probably 
pre-seed extension. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, and what, did you also sell seventeen percent then? Uh, about yes, about eighteen and a half. Eighteen and a half. Okay. And why did you need that money? What makes this expen- company expensive to build? Why couldn't you bootstrap? Um, I think we needed resources to kind of um, you know. Uh, go out and deliver the projects the way it works with enterprises they're very happy giving you the money up front but up front means on deployment and on average our deployments take about three to four months so from a cash flow perspective there's that little bit of a dip that happens during uh, contract signing to deployment and during that deployment you need to kind of bring in additional resources so um, that's primarily kind of the bridge that we wanted to uh, cross and so that's why we kind of brought in the money why wouldn't they give you though? I mean, if you were you're growing fast, right? You had 600k in AR last year, but you basically, if you sold 18.5 percent, you raised the 600k to 3.24 million post money, which is not. I mean, mm-hmm. it's an okay multiple on 600k of AR, but it's not you know 10x. It's only like 5x. Why yeah. couldn't you get a 10, 20x multiple there and save yourself dilution? Yeah, I think uh, what I've realized is um, we're not traditional fast, which sells to SMB. So we're enterprise sales. And uh, traditionally, I think enterprise sales always kind of suffers from a lot more questions and a lot more kind of, uh, you know, VC, um, I would say, being unsure. So just being completely candid, that's one of the main reasons, right? We we're very sure we want to go after enterprise and we want to build an enterprise product, not an SMB product. And yeah. so um, I think that kind of uh, creates a few questions. That makes a ton of sense. Um, talk to me about how you've built the team. How many folks full-time today? So so we actually have about 27 people. Um, the advantage for us is um, you know, we're, we're U.S. headquartered. Um, uh, most of our customers are U.S., um, but our entire engineering and delivery team is based out of India. Ah, which co- did you use an outsourcing company or did you find someone local then build around them? No. So, so my CTO and co-founder, he kind of based out of Bangalore. And so he kind of um, just goes out and get people. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, it's getting harder and harder. They're aiming in Bangalore, oh, Chennai, Pune. Yeah. There's so many big companies moving there. Well, I mean, what are you guys paying oh right now God. for a senior front-end engineer? Oh, it's... it's. Uh, I don't know how I would convert that. But in Indian rupees, it would probably be about, you know, uh, 2 million. Interesting. So two million per year. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's like, well, I mean, it's only like thirty thousand US dollars. That's not too expensive. Yeah. It's not too expensive. No, it's not. But if you want really good, um, you know, seasoned professionals with like seven years of experience, you suddenly kind of just double that up. But still, I mean, that's sixty. That you'd pay what two hundred thousand bucks a year in the US? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, do you plan to keep scaling your engineering team over there in Bangalore? We do. What we're trying to do now, though, is build our GTM team out of the U.S. more. So, you know, having more SDRs, AEs, kind of account management. Account management is a big thing for us because we're also kind of um, a lot of opportunity to upsell within the enterprise. Um, yeah. So so that's kind of my focus for the next year. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so it's 27 on the team. How many are engineers? Uh, 19. 19. Oh, wow. Okay. And how many... Do you have any sales reps that carry a quota besides you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is, So I have two. I have two. Ah, okay. So how do I mean, there's people listening right now trying to set up their first sales reps. And like, so what quota do you give your first rep? 
So it's um, the first one that kind of came in, came in about four, four years ago or so. So he's been with us through the entire journey and um, kind of came in pretty fresh. And so just shadowed me and um, kind of uh, learned from that perspective. So till about last year, I was doing majority of the sales or all of the sales. This year is when he's gotten a quota and he's actually started closing deals and six-figure deals with that. So What's his quota? Um, like 500 you know, grand a new ARR or a million it is, a new? It is, uh, it's actually 700K. Mm. Okay. And if he hits or she hits 700,000 bucks in quota, you're then going to you obviously pay him a base. And then is the commission yeah. double the base? Uh, commission is actually 10% of whatever he brings in. Ah, okay. So let's say that he brings in 700 grand. He would make 70K extra on top of his base. Is his base yep. also about 70? So together it's 140? Yep. Yeah. Ah, okay. So very standard playbook there then. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Any plans to hire more? I mean, you said your go-to-market motion, you're building it in the States. Any plans to hire more sales reps in the States this year or next year? Yeah. So AESDRs for sure. Within the next quarter, we're going to kind of uh, build up uh, the team with one more AE and one more SDR in the US, but also kind of bring in an account management team in the US. Um, because I think it's really important, apart from the sales process, to kind of really invest in um, the relationship and also in the upsell process. Yeah. Yeah. This makes sense. That's, who do you see as your biggest competitors? Uh, <laughs> one of the uh, companies we kind of just uh, signed with. Um, I think the CHRO over there was uh, like, you know, Kiran, if you competed with ServiceNow, I would have brought your price down significantly because I wouldn't kind of play one against the other. But you're in a very unique niche space today as far as the employee experience is concerned. So I can't really pitch you against anyone. Um, but but I would say, you know, the what about like remote? What about like remote.com or deal? Yeah, so so I would say the biggest competitor for us is the internal teams today. Um, you know, because what we're doing is we're integrating these 15, 16 different systems that exist within the organization. So, you know, your work day with ServiceNow, with ADP, with um, Okta, with, uh, you know, background verification vendors. Um, so there are so many different moving parts that we're bringing together and creating a holistic kind of data set from an employee uh, perspective. So, uh if I were to say, you know, who are the closest kind of, uh, not competitors, but the company that closest is probably Rippling, but Rippling does it more from an SMB perspective and we're doing it more from an enterprise perspective. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right, on that note, Kieran, let's wrap up here with the Famous Five. Number one, favorite book? Oh, I I, I actually love um, uh, The Monk Who Sold Us Ferrari. It was one of my first kind of, <laughs> yes, self. That's a good books. one. Yeah. That's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Sorry, say that again, you. Is there a CEO that you're following or studying? Oh yeah, I I have been a big fan of uh, Richard Branson from from when I was in college. So yeah. Um, number three, what's your favorite online tool for building tidy? Uh, I actually love um, using Slack. It's just so easy to kind of communicate with the team when needed and very yeah. quick. So yeah. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I have two kids and the startup. Uh, one of my kids is two years old. So I get about six hours on a good day. Okay, fair enough. So so married with two kids? Yep. And how old are you? I'm 40. 40. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20? Uh, that tightly was a possibility. 
That what was? Oh, that tidy. That tidy was a possibility. Yeah. Guys, there you have it. Tidy was launched back in 2017. They sold 17.5% of the company and raised 400K to get going. Now they've hit 1.5 million bucks in ARR, up from 600 grand in ARR just a year ago, having raised under a million bucks. They raised another 600K last year at 3.2 posts. So they've been, I'd say, very capital efficient. Team of 27. They're trying to help you onboard your new employees faster. They're doing the enterprise space, big companies onboarding one to 2000 new employees per month. And that's how they price base fee, 80,000 bucks per year, then utility-based fee on top of that, based off the volume of new onboards you're completing each month. Kieran, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan. Pleasure.